You are listening to Feeding the Mouth That Bites You with Ashley Parrish and Jessica Pfeiffer. A weekly podcast guide on parenting teens and launching them into the world. As always, we are joined by psychologist and author, Dr. Ken Wilgus. Hey everyone, and welcome back. On today's episode, we will be discussing money and teenagers. Well, Ashley, this affects all of our lives. Uh, I'm sure that if you have a teenager, you've been asked for money this week already. Just kind of <laughs> one of those things that comes with teens. They uh, they start asking for money. They they need money. They they need to be trained in how to use money. I don't think that the schools do any work in this area, at least in art. Do they not anymore? No, no I don't think I haven't so. seen anything coming home. Whatever no. happened to home ec? Do they not have that? I wish they did. I wish they did. I've even offered to teach that here at yeah. our high school. <laughs> yeah. This doesn't come up with the teenagers in my office, so I haven't asked. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> so it kind of leaves it to us parents to guide our kids, which I sort of prefer anyway. I'd like True. for them to have my view on money and how to handle it instead of someone else's view. So let's talk about pre-teenage training that we might do with kids who are younger than teenagers to kind of prepare them for the teen years and money. Yeah. And, and I should start out by saying um, Sally and I did not do this very well. Um, I have talked to many parents that uh, I'm just in awe of, wow, that wish I'd done that. That's really good. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and, and to your point, preteen is really the best time to really start essentially training or teaching about managing money. Uh, Mm -hmm. So good parents, for example, start fairly early with tying uh, appropriately uh, work with, I'll pay you if you do this. Um, And then the money that you do get, and this is the most important part, here's what you do with it. A -hmm. lot of parents, for example, say, okay, here's a dollar. So here's Uh, 10 cents goes into uh, tithing. You give this to the Lord. And then this other 10 cents goes into savings Mm -hmm. and everything you get goes. And, and, you know, your five-year-old, it's fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, Your 15-year-old is like, I don't want to keep doing 10%. You know, it's a very, like everything else, it's different at different stages. Mm -hmm. So I think those kind of teachings are really good uh, for even starting early age that, your money, your labor can be worth something to us and you'll be paid for it. And here's how to responsibly handle that. Uh, and, and this is how you save, this is how you uh, honor God with it. And then, you know, I think the trick is to also let them have fun with it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let them make that, even children can make that, that purchase of a dumb toy, you know, is going to be broken before the day's out that I, even then I think it's better to say, if I were you, I wouldn't do that. You know, if you can, Um, but they learn a lot by being talked to directly about money. And Mm -hmm. I'm among many parents that were strangely silent about it. And I regret that. And I think as they become teenagers, there's more opportunities to discuss money and saving and spending because things come up like school dances or their friend's birthday, or, you know, their friends want to go out to eat. And so there are these opportunities where, At some point as a parent, you kind of just get tired of dishing out money. And so (laughs) you really have to start thinking about, we we need to get a handle on this. You know, there's a lot of gray area here. We need to make some clear limits to this. And so we implement an allowance. Right. So let's talk about allowance. Dr. Ken, what's an appropriate 
amount? Does it, does it depend on their age or does it depend on the parent's financial abilities? Okay. This comes up a lot. And my answer to what is the appropriate amount is, I don't know. So there, write that down. <laughs> um, I, I think what's most important is defining allowance. Uh, and, and I've mentioned several times before, I'm a, I'm a fan of allowance because of the opportunities it gives you both as a consequence, which sounds mean, but it is, you know, it's a, one of the lesser consequences. Uh, but also it is important in, by adolescence, you're doing less, as we talked before about hundred things, you're doing less teaching them, but now you're training them and training means Here's so allowance is basically you live here, you're part of our family, and this is money that we give you uh, for your living, these certain living expenses. Uh, if you are a certain age and need to, then we will cut back or eliminate your allowance because any free money you have, you must earn. But, you know, a 14 year old, it's hard to go get a job unless you're a girl, by the way, and get good babysitting jobs. What a right. racket, man. Mm -hmm. I've got girls that, you know, they make. 60 bucks in two hours or three hours. I was like, you didn't even ask, you didn't settle this in advance. You just said, okay. And they handed you this wad of cash. After, you know? <laughs> so, but you know, that by that point, you know, you can, uh, it's appropriate to cut off or back on allowance because you need to be making that yourself. But it started allowance by adolescence is a way to define and put limits on this is what we can support for you. This is what we will pay for. And outside of that, and this is important, there's no loans, no advances, nothing. So the most important use is to take um, two weeks, say, of what we kind of are shelling out for them, for their going to, you know, something with their friends, all that stuff, and uh, make that into a regular amount that they have to negotiate uh, and figure it out for themselves. And that's the answer to the how much is essentially what you are on average uh, shelling out for these things. Okay. So Charlie and I have done this with our kids where when they enter high school, we start to give them money for things that we previously paid for, like clothing or um, haircuts. We have a list of things where we've decided, okay, this is now going to go into an you know average over um, you know, one in one week increments, we're going to pay you this amount, but you're going to start covering some things. And then we help them out a little bit with gas money going to and from school, but we don't pay a lot of extra, like, okay, we're going to pay for your gas money to drive across town to see a friend. We're going to, you know, we, we kind of give them the minimum to push them to get a job and pay for these things themselves, um, to earn money around the house, to mow the yard and other things that we'd like for them to take care of. So yeah. we kind of motivate them to, they, they have enough to meet their basic needs, but they don't have enough to go to the movies every weekend. So we right. kind of make it so that there's a little impetus to get to work. <laughs> so, right. but it is, it does change as they get older, when they get a license and they start driving and they have more responsibility, and they start, you know, taking themselves to get their hair cut and that sort of thing. We, we change the amount dependent on their That's age, good. So. Right. I do love that. And, you know, for our kids, our, our second oldest, he's only 11. And so he's already looking forward to getting an allowance. And so we start allowance at 13 mm. and it covers things like if your friend's birthday is coming up and you're going to her birthday mm -hmm. party, you need to be able to 
purchase her a birthday present or, Mm -hmm. you know, if you want to go to the football game on Friday, you need to buy your ticket. You, if you want snacks during the football game, that's on you. Mm -hmm. Um, It's funny is that y'all just kind of, I think defined sort of two ends of the spectrum that Ashley, what you're talking about is toward, and we did more of that, that you want to at least be doing um, the, the extras that you want to buy for you, for your friends, these extras, you must budget that yourself within this amount. And Jessica, what you're talking about is what much closer to what Sally and I wish we had done. And that is, it is much more training, much better if you can responsibly say, okay, here is your, your, you know, $200 for this next week or and people think, wow, well, if you're good at it, you can, and literally, I assume you mean literally you and Charlie have a list, like they know what is required mm-hmm. to come out of that. Is that right? Mm-hmm. This is, this is supposed to cover these items. Well, so, don't tell Charlie, but that's great. I hate for him mm-hmm. to get a big head about it, but that's, <laughs> that's just, you know, that as long as you're firm about it, that mm-hmm. out of this is your clothes uh, outside of these basics. It's your gas. It's your, that kind of thing is really what I wish we had done more of because it uh, moves to a lot less of that kind of risk of lecturing, you know, when you, why are y'all buying that much for your friend or what, you know, you should. Well, here's the thing too. Here's the thing too, Dr. Ken, her allowance is not a lot. It's not even enough to buy her friend a decent present. Right. So she needs to save a week or two. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we did that. And that's far advanced. And mine is a younger teen. Mine's only 14. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And so she's not driving. She doesn't have those things, but this is just a, a precursor leading into what Jessica does with her teenagers. Yeah. You, and you've told me you like the way Jessica, y'all are heading toward. I love, yeah. Jessica does a really great job in this area, her and her husband. Um, and also mine is separate from lunch accounts. And so we just had a talk last night about her lunch account. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. She gets so much money in her lunch account every week because ours is all digital. So you don't take cash. You right. can't use a card. Um, and that if it goes negative, then the allowance will be pulled to cover the negative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. And, and, you know, digital so I think with children, uh, most people would agree, it's really better to use cash. They need right. to see this money. Uh, it's hard for me. You know, I remember when we were first married, it, we considered, you know, that deal where you get envelopes and mm-hmm. you budget things by putting cash in because, you know, it's so easy to just not see this stuff. But it is also kind of a convenience now that you can uh, electronically put money into an account. There's high school accounts that won't go negative, you know, those kind of things. Uh, and since that's the world they're going to be operating in, then mm-hmm. I think that's fine. But I do think that, uh, you know, you're talking about uh, a kind of spectrum here of it at least put a limit around this is all I'm paying for, or at least at early adolescence, this is all we're doing for the extra money. And then move to, if you are good at it, uh, these, you have to get your own uh, uh, toothpaste and all that kind of stuff. You buy any extra clothes, gas, that sort of stuff that is leaving that all in their hands is really good training. And and I think that's great. Mm -hmm. And certainly by college, they're going to need to be buying their own 
toothpaste and <laughs> whatever other supplies they need, they need to be able to handle that without your intervention at all. Which gets to another critical point, which is when you're doing that, you have to work in the summer to save up for college. Mm -hmm. Define what you mean they will have to pay for in college. So mm -hmm. a lot of well-meaning parents that will say, you know, you, you'll have to have some of your own money for college, but they never define what that is. And what that ends up is if you're a hardworking teenager, then uh, I didn't have to pay as much in your, um, you know, extra living expenses. But if their younger brother or sister is lazy, well, they still have the same college experience. I just paid for it. And that doesn't train anything. So the best situations are always, again, with teenagers, think about instead of telling them and teaching them what they should do, you clearly are defining this is what we will do. So it makes a lot more sense to say your, high, your uh, summer work has to be enough for at least the first semester of your living expenses when you go to college or the entire first year, uh, things like that. You know, research does show that kids that work a 10-hour job in college especially for ADD kids, 10 to 15 hours actually do better than working none. So it's actually not bad for them if they can get a job at college as well. But I just think it's critical that you get good at defining, like the list you're talking about, Jessica, mm -hmm. this is what uh, you're going to be responsible for. Oh, and make that list count. Don't regularly be talked into, okay, well, I just think that's way too much for genes. But if if you know you're gonna, if you, your boyfriend's gonna break up with you, if you don't have them, then I'll do it. But here's, a, <laughs> you know that that just isn't. We're be serious about. We've talked before about, you know, the youth group is going out and he doesn't have money. We want him to be with that group. Shouldn't we? Nope. It's still about. Hey, why don't you sell something? Um, uh, mm -hmm. You know that kind of thing. But this is all again with teenagers. You teach children but you train teenagers. And that's, that's what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. And I think the important thing for parents to remember is just because you can, doesn't mean you should just uh, because you true. can pay for something doesn't mean you should. So don't feel obligated because you can afford something to be paying for it when you're a teen or you're a college student wants extra things. You don't have well, to do it. That actually is why, you know, it, the adults that I know that were raised with relative poverty, uh, they took on much more responsibility, but that wasn't because of a parenting philosophy. It mm -hmm. was just true. So, mm -hmm. you know, you don't have uh, teenagers of some, you know, working class parents crying and demanding, where's my BMW? That's just ridiculous. I know you don't have it, mm -hmm. but it's harder when you, your teenagers see that we seem to have money, that's when you need a real philosophy about what you're doing. And with teenagers, that philosophy can't be, well, what you need to know about money is, you, you, you can't get that sentence out before their ears close up. The philosophy is, yeah, I'm not going to you know, talk to you about all the money I have. We talked about this in the entitlement episode, remember? Mm -hmm. um, but I am going to tell you that um, my choice of purchases for me uh, has nothing to do with what I believe is appropriate for you to do, because these are the limits of what I'm going to give you. Just like you said, Jessica, just because you have it, it doesn't mean you should give it, but it does require pre rethinking or clear thinking about what your philosophy is. And with teenagers, define the limits of what you will support. 
uh, for them and be clear about it. So that kind of goes into our next question. So should we be showing our kids our expenses and bills? Should we let them into that part of our That's an interesting question. So I think before college, I kind of can't imagine a scenario. Actually, the scenario I can imagine where you're showing them your budget sounds to me like you're kind of apologizing to your teenagers. Like, look, this is all we've got. We have talked before about giving a general idea Mm-hmm. That, you know, listen, uh, especially that entitled kid that is actually telling you, you, you should pay for this because I, it's fine to say, I think they always forget, you know, little mm-hmm. things like health care, mm-hmm. uh, right. taxes, these, you know, so, but as for listing out kind of, this is what we have and that kind of thing. It's hard for me to see that as a useful tool. I think the tricky part though, is after high school, certainly after college, at some point in your adulthood, it is, I think, appropriate to talk to your adult children about uh, your financial situation, because in some cases, you're maybe talking about a little bit of inheritance, whatever. Uh, What we know is that old money families actually do a better job of bringing their adult children into the management of their own lives and all that. And we can be a shared family, new money folks, which most all of us are, is another word, don't have a philosophy and you get very private about it. Um, you just don't talk about it. A- and that leaves each generation kind of not knowing what we're doing and how we got here, things like that. So I think the trick is not so much before high school, but sometime after uh, college age and beyond, I think it is appropriate to talk about uh, kind of what we're, you know, what I'm trying to do here for retirement and uh, what you might want to do. It, that's very adult to adult and super helpful uh, for adult mm-hmm. children. So Dr. Ken, I would assume that this question kind of comes into play when you do have an entitled teenager that says, well, dad just got a new truck. You yeah. have money. You yes. can buy me this new pair of jeans. That's exactly and the parent's it. response would be, what would be a good response to that? It, it, the general response of, uh, I think you don't understand our financial situation. Um, and I'm not going to argue this because I don't owe the main thing in that situation, as we said in the entitlement episode, you don't owe your teenager an explanation. And, and this is most important, there isn't a dramatic thing that you'll say, mm-hmm. I still have college debt. Do you realize that your teenager will do that? Oh, Oh, yeah. Well, I didn't even know. Thank you. That's what we're always hoping for <laughs> this moment of dramatic insight. It doesn't happen. So mm-hmm. in that teenager's case, yeah, that's when you would answer. And I've had that exact thing with kids that I've worked with that parents encourage that by actually answering it. It's like, no, look, th- this is none of your business, but I will tell you this. Uh, I think you don't know how life works. If you think right. that just because I was able to get a new vehicle, that that means I've got money to burn. Uh, I can tell, I don't think you know what you're doing. Right. I think- sounds mean? Where, no. Well, it, it sounds mean, but in, at first, but it's true. And we've got to be truthful with our teenagers yeah, when it comes yeah. to this stuff. And um, this is where I really wish that we had that course in high school where it taught them right. about interest rates and how that can change a payment um, on your house or on your car and, um, how to write a check and balance your checkbook. And so I think that parents have to be very creative on mm-hmm. their own time 
to teach their teenagers these things. That's weird. What that they don't have that. That's really a mm-hmm. great point. Probably some schools do, which I think is wonderful. One of the best classes I took in college, I was a business major, but I went over to the home ec department and took a personal and family finance class. And it was the most helpful class I took in all of my college career because huh. it was immediately applicable. I could learn to uh, pay my income taxes. I knew how to balance a checkbook. I knew what a mortgage was and how everything worked. I knew about different loans and rates. I mean, it was so helpful, but I think that we're kind of lacking in that area. I think Parents there's, a, talk bus- to their kids about there's a business opportunity here. I think there's <laughs> tutoring, you know, let's all go over to Miss Jessica or Miss Ashley's house. <laughs> and she's doing every week her, this week we're talking about, you know, uh, um, interest rates and, you know, I think that <laughs> how would to be- write a check. <laughs> yeah. 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 Tell you them, know- Ashley, you're still, you told me, you told us this. Yes. Uh, you I actually go to the grocery store and yes. write a check. You're that yeah. girl. Mm-hmm. You have a pen? Yeah, don't get in line behind her. Don't. <laughs> Cause I always have a ton of groceries. I'm the guy <laughs> holding out my iPhone, zapping it like a laser gun because I will headphones. apologize. I'm just <laughs> not going to let it die. I, it's like one of those things. I just don't want to, you know, and, and I feel like I'm doing a service to the cashier by allowing them the opportunity to hand type in this check. <laughs> what I think is great is that this gives all of us that are waiting behind you and so annoyed, uh, kind of an insight. Into yes. What is she thinking? That lady really thinks that she's she, helping the world in this exactly instance. Right. That's exactly right. <laughs> all right. That's helpful. You know, I think one thing we haven't really quite addressed but we kind of jumping back a little bit, telling our kids about uh, our own finances in very broad terms. Don't make the mistake I made and get into debt like I did on my credit card, or don't do this sort of thing where, where you think, where you talk to them about the pain that that caused you, you know, I didn't even know what I was getting into. And then I realized I was way over my head. So I think opening up and sharing with your teens about the mistakes that you might've made um, will help them to make maybe a better decision when it comes time for them to get a credit card or to get into a mortgage, you know, that they are a little more understanding of what goes on. I would only add that that's a great idea or point. And as long as you've done your homework, the feeding the mouth stuff, then that kind of communication really means something. They really will listen to you because they um, are used to you really talking to them with respect and uh, rather than, uh, used to closing their ears because whatever my parent is saying is probably some sort of lecture. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I think that's important if as a part of the whole planned emancipation philosophy, that fits ex- exactly. Jessica, I've always said that you and Charlie handle this whole financial area with your teenagers very well. What are some resources that you could give our listeners? Well, I don't, I mean, you know, we have our issues too. We're not always very consistent like we should be, but we've learned a lot with four kids um, of what to do and what not to do. One of the things that I found recently though, was uh, I was doing a little research and found that Dave Ramsey offers a course online for kids and for teenagers. And so I think it'd be a great idea, Dr. Ken, you can correct me to set it up where you say, Hey, you know, middle schooler, 
if you complete these courses this summer, then we'll set you up your own account with your own debit card or whatever, you know, motivates them. And then say, and then we'll start depositing this amount of money each week into your account for your spending money. But if you do the course, if you do the course and we'll set it up, you know, and it was not a hard thing to do. My daughter did it this summer. She did the you know, a little video module. And, um, I think there was a little back and forth questioning and things like that, but it was helpful. And it just helps kids to understand finances, understand what debt is, understand how to save, understand how to, what spending is and how to give and tithe. Uh, It just helps them to kind of lay out their priorities. And I think that that sort of knowledge is invaluable to start when they're young so that their perspective about finances is right on. It's, um, it's about, you know, priorities. Jess, you're going to have to stop saying we're, we're not that great at stuff. This, that, that's really very good advice. And, and I totally agree. I think, you know, always remember with teenagers, it's never no, it's, it's always not yet. Mm-hmm. So, hey, middle schooler, uh, we'll actually be uh, prepared to give you an account this year. Uh, if you'll do the Dave Ramsey thing, then we'll set it up. If not, then you'll have to wait another year. You know, you can, you know, so that it comes up later. I don't even mind if you, I've had some parents that are like, if you do this course, I'll give you a hundred bucks in your account and you can start right out. Uh, I'm Mm -hmm. fine with all that. As long as you just avoid some silly control battle, which, you know, again, if you're doing all the other planned emancipation stuff, you're not going to get that. But I think it's brilliant. I think that's a really, I didn't even know about those resources. And I think that's, that's a great idea. I'd say the other funny thing that we do as a family is that we don't give loans. I don't even give loans from the time we're at the store until we get home. If you don't have your money with you, I'm not buying the candy and having you pay me back later. You either have the money here and you pay right now or you pay, you wait till next time when we go back to the store. So we don't do loans in any way, shape or form. And that's what we taught our kids, you know, (laughs) you don't ever, you don't ever put yourself out there and and make yourself in debt. So I'm for that. I I don't think that's funny. I think that's respectful. Yes. Yeah, so we do the same thing. So how do we encourage our kids to save and prepare for their future expenses? Like, uh, the, you know, a car, maybe when they're in high school or maybe college expenses or even prom, uh, without being teachy. Well, the ones that have succeeded in that are the ones, uh, like I mentioned that you have told them, uh, this is what you will have to pay for, but mm-hmm. mean it. So I've had parents, uh, you know, we will match dollar for dollar what you've saved up for a car. That's a good philosophy. Um, we, you know, things like that. Uh, mm-hmm. Prom, uh, they, they need to believe, and this is important, the main way for them to not, for you not to be teachy and them save up for things is for them to know that when you say that you must find a way to pay for this, you mean it. Mm-hmm. And that's really hard. You know, when, when you feel compassionate and well, you know, she, she was well-meaning, but uh, we're just gonna, then other, that kid learns the wrong thing and the other children watching, you can just have this kind of built-in unwritten thing that says, yeah, but wink, wink, if you don't, we'll always back, we'll pull you out. Mm -hmm. And so that's the main thing is to, is to make sure they know what they are really going to have to pay for then you use your planned emancipation communication stuff that says, you know, I hate to, uh, I don't want to bug you again, but it's three weeks into the summer. And, you know, I'm just worried you're not going to have any money that you need for 
again, for the car, for whatever. And you can communicate about it with an actual, almost like I'm worried for you because if you don't, it will not come to you. And, you know, so that you can really communicate by putting that boundary around it. So I think that's mm -hmm. absolutely the most important step is to be clear that this thing I've said, you're going to have to pay for, you are in fact going to have to pay for. Mm -hmm. I like that. I like reminding them, but also remembering that we can't force them yes. to do anything because our feeding the mouth parents know that we can't force our teenagers to do anything, anything, that's but we right. can control our own actions and follow our own rules as if they didn't save it, I'm not coming to rescue you. I'm not going right. to bail you out. You don't get the dress that you really wanted because you didn't save the money. Now I'll say this about jobs. Did we do an episode on jobs? I don't think so. But, uh, you know, I, teenagers are different about work. Some of our kids know how to get out there and get a job. A lot of teenagers don't because they're uncertain and insecure. And some teenagers are really anxious. And like, if you just leave it to them that you better go get a job, it's a real problem for them. So I advise that number one, it is not wrong to use your connections, the friend of yours who owns that warehouse that does let kids do whatever. I don't think that's bad that you can say, you know, by the way, this summer, um, look for whatever you want, but if you can't find something you can do, I don't think that's bad. It's tough out there. Job market is tough. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, secondly, I think that um, you, like Ashley said, you got to remember, you can't make them go get a job. So you don't want to get into a control battle of uh, you have to turn in 10 applications today. There's all this stuff that that's all the mess of trying to quote, make them. The key is to make sure that you're giving them no more cash or, you know, and, and that they're limited on that uh, and they know they have to get the job. But it, mm -hmm. then you should, like I say, you should be able to communicate out of concern uh, because I'm worried for you because you're not going to have the money. And even if, if, if you have the connections, I don't mind. I don't mind if you help uh, or at least get, get something offered for them because it's, a lot of teenagers that look like they're just lazy about getting a job. It's really because the coordinated effort it takes to what do I go and do next to quote, mm -hmm. get a job. It's overwhelming. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and uh, they can get really kind of sort of in a real stuck condition. So you can help them with that. Uh, but again, only after you've clearly defined uh, that, because if you don't, I don't know, I don't care what the reason is then you won't have a very good car or you will not have the spending money that you need in college, things like that. Mm -hmm. So should we continue to finance our kids after 18 if we can't afford to do that as a family or if we have to go into debt for them on their behalf? Absolutely not. I mean, it is, it is perfectly fine. Like we talked about um, last week in one of the questions or last one of the previous episodes, benevolent bank. Mm -hmm. It is fine to offer support for certain things, um, but especially if you're a family that can't or it's really going to burden you. Again, I think not only is it not good for you, but it it reflects a kind of disrespect that uh, we don't have this but our little 18, 19, 20 year old can't possibly handle life unless we keep shoveling money there. That's disrespectful. Yes, they can. They'll figure it out. You get to the point where you uh, can't find a place to live, uh, then you'll take a job that you need to. It's, it's not 
by the way, it never gets to that. Parents are always like, he's going to be on the streets. I've never 32 years, no kid on the streets, none. So I had one kid in his car in front of his parents' house for a week. That was weird. <laughs> but he was in the car they gave him. That doesn't count as streets. They'll, he's not you know, really homeless yet. No. <laughs> if they have no place to live, quote unquote, then you couch surf. This kid that said, hey, you can stay with us. You can just live here means he has about two weeks. And they're mm -hmm. like, dude, you got to go. But then he goes somewhere else. It's never as bad as we think. But mm -hmm. they really do have to um, uh, kind of experience that, that reality, that part of it. Is it okay to remind your teenagers in the area of finance that, listen, you're an adult and you're an adult in training because once you graduate or you're 18, whichever comes later, you know, you're on, you're on your own. You're either going to go and get a job and start working, or you're going to go off to college. And so these are the things that we've got to get done because there's an end point. And so remind them again, that there's an end point, you know, for, for this allowance or for this benevolent bank. You know, I'm going to be a little bit picky on you because I, I like you and you're doing a good job, but you use the term we, we've got to get this ready. There's no we. What do you got a mouse? Mo no, no, no. Uh, uh, mom and dad, we. This is something you're telling Parents. your kid? Yes. No, you don't need to tell them that. But basically, <laughs> yes. But I would be careful with, I think most everything you just said, uh, I would be extra careful to put that in uh, the advice. So that mm -hmm. it starts with, um, I hate to bug you again, uh, but can I just need to get this off my chest because I'm a nervous Nell. You know, something that owns it and then all of that, yes, I would do that. I'm just thinking more of the instance as, okay, you're a teenager. Now you're a teenager, you're 13. These are some of the freedoms that you get. Along with this, we're going to start talking to you more about money. You're going to start getting an allowance. These are the things that you're going to have to pay for. Why yeah. are we doing this? This might seem weird, you know, that you have to budget for these things that we've already yeah. always paid for ourselves because, you know, when, when you're 18 and, and we're done here, you know, you're off our payroll. Yeah. Like those kind of conversations, like when you're fine. in the moment. I, my only, the only slight caution I have is that sounds a little like a lecture and just make sure that it's a conversation and, and yet it's always good to clarify. This is why we're doing and what we're doing. Mm -hmm. I think I just have a lot of parents that I'll be honest, they way over clarify. They'll mm -hmm. have a, you know, a contract that gets, you know, that, that does say, here's what you need to pay for. But there's three pages of intro and scripture <laughs> and Fine, our right. love for you. <laughs> and the teenagers handle that like I do when I get a, a, an a IQ testing. I just flip, 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 you know, to the just where's the numbers? Well, let me just see. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. So uh, it, it is always good to be open and discussing the, this is what we're doing and why. Uh, and I, I think you do it fine, but I'd be honest, a lot of my parents love the intro and the reminder mm -hmm. and, the, and mm -hmm. the, you know, the, it's, it's really an, it's still that attempt to, I don't want my teenager to have to feel any of the bad consequences. I want mm -hmm. my words to move them so they don't have to do that. And that's really mm -hmm. the formula that starts out as from an annoying lecturer to, mm -hmm even arguments and stuff. Like, I'm just trying to tell you, listen, I am just trying to say, and the next thing you know, you're- I am for you. Exactly. <laughs> you're a crazy person. I've never done that. Yeah, so slap no, you. never. Oh my I'm, gosh. Maybe I'm not sorry this I week. I, I'm sorry I pushed you and slapped you, but 
It's because I love you. That's just bizarre. Well, I just think that what we've discussed today is so outside the norm for a lot mm-hmm. of parents and teenagers. And so these teenagers might be looking around at their friends and thinking, what, like, what yeah. is my mom and dad? What are they doing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're, you know, you're my mom and dad. You're supposed to pay for everything. And if I want it, you get it for me. And, but if know? it's done right, you can have teenagers like that, that can say when a guy's like, I got a new whatever car and the uh, feeding the mouth teenagers, the one that goes, uh, you mean your daddy got you a car? Uh, because they don't have a car it's them i have my car and yeah no it's a you know it's not yours but it's it's the one i paid for Mm -hmm. and they already told me as soon as i'm 18 they're putting it in my name it's mine you know it's just there's a self-respect there that that feeding the mouth parents are offering and i just think that's that's the whole key Mm -hmm. okay just to clarify what happens when you are watching your kid blow either their allowance or their earnings from their after-school job, uh, but they're not leaving any money for something that you think is important, like a haircut or, (laughs) you know, something that's in those lists that's incredibly frustrating to not see them pay for, that they just let those things go. What do you do as a parent? What do you, what do you say? Well, that's, you know, what's particularly hard is that kid that you're already worried about is kind of moderately depressed, doesn't seem to really want to go do stuff anyway, doesn't care about her hair, you know, something. And you're just thinking, you know, this is, this is bad. Well, number one, I would keep in mind that the scenario you just said is mostly good. Like that is what training looks like. I can tell that you're about to bump into something that's going to cost you. And so it is not at all bad parenting to do nothing and let that occur. Number two, if it is something, however, that worries you because it's going to be pretty big and I don't really think he is seeing this coming, then I I would go back, flip into the book on back under the advice giving part and just really practice talking to your teenagers. Remember, parents often think if they don't do feeding the mouth, they they think, you know, I, I have to just not say anything because... Uh, you know, he'll just get upset. If you're doing it right, it's not that he won't be upset, but you can absolutely talk to him, but you own it. And that same thing you just talked about, Jessica, it starts with, I, I'm so sorry. Can I talk to you? I'm, I'm just worried and I need your help. What are you worried about? Well, uh, you know, and then you talk what you just said. I don't think you've got the money and, you know, you're going to want to take her to a place for homecoming, you know, whatever it is, but you own it as advice and that's really meaningful. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and if it's something that really, so again, if it's a small thing, let it happen, let it drop and don't say anything because it's not about you. But if it is a big thing, even if it's a really big thing, then you may be just the daily annoying parent that uh, I'm worried again today. Can I talk to you? I can't tell you how many times, how many times I told my children started my words with, uh, look, you know, I'm a shrink, so I worry. So maybe this is nothing, but, and then I just communicated over and over and over again about it. Mm-hmm. So Jessica and I could probably say, you know, teenager, <laughs> we work with a shrink. That's right. <laughs> and he's making us crazy. <laughs> and I'm really worried about you. I've noticed and I want you to get that, your hair cut. <laughs> yeah. I've noticed that you've been out of toothpaste for a week and you don't have any money. <laughs> By the way, anytime, just side note, this freebie. Anytime a teenager, especially boy, gets his hair cut, 
I don't care if he looks 10 years younger. You all, you don't say he looks good. You say you look older always. I am older. Yeah. And I do that. Yeah. Teenagers love that. I'm, they'll come into my office. I hope they don't hear this. And, and I, I you know, <laughs> they always look better. They just look better, but mm -hmm. you look nicer. You look whatever. No, no. Uh, did you do something? You look older. Did you get your braces off? Shave your mustache? What are you doing? You know, something. <laughs> brush your teeth. So did you yeah. brush your teeth? Yeah, you yeah, look yeah, older. Yeah. <laughs> I would never say, did you brush your teeth? <laughs> Well, this has been a good episode. I think that money is a big part of our lives. I think that a lot of parents, honestly, if we're, if we're honest with each other, we're struggling with money issues too. We have disagreements in our marriage about how to handle things, or we've done a poor job of it in the past and we're paying the consequences now, but we want to spare our kids some of this pain that we've suffered and, um, and do right by them, by teaching them about money and teaching them to manage it well while they're in our homes so that they can go on to be productive and uh, principled people with their money. So thank you guys for discussing this today. I appreciate you, Dr. Ken and Ashley. Thanks for joining us today. Hit the subscribe button so you won't miss an episode. Also, leave us a review. This is how other listeners find our podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Feeding the Mouth. We appreciate you and would love to hear from you. If you have any questions, thoughts, or ideas about what we've discussed today, please email us at podcast at feedingthemouth.com.